Today's broadcast was recorded for Sunday, August 16th, 2020. My message for us this morning here is that our God will deliver us and that we need to keep our eyes of faith on the one who never fails. The greater the battle, the greater the victory. And we undoubtedly have been going through challenging times these past couple of months. And I want to tell you, undoubtedly, we will probably be going through more challenges here in the next few months. But I want you to be encouraged again, because the greater the battle, the greater the victory. I have always wondered what it would be like to live in the Bible times with the parting of the Red Sea, where you had the Pharaoh's army coming against the children of Israel, and they got their backs to the water, the army coming at them, and the only hope that they had was God Almighty. And then God told Moses to lift up his staff and to stretch it over the Red Sea. Can you imagine the thrill, the thrill on the people's heart when they saw that Red Sea just part right before them, and they passed over that Red Sea as if on dry ground? Hallelujah! I tell you, they weren't walking casually or quietly. They were just in awe and wonder and amazement at what God had done. Or how about the walls of Jericho? Here the children of Israel had gone into the promised land, finally to get into God's promises, and yet they had those impenetrable walls that just seemed like a barrier between them and the promise of God. God gave them a strategy. Walk around those walls, and the seventh day, what are you going to do? You're going to go around seven times? And when Joshua gave the command, he said, Shout, for the Lord has given you the city. Imagine this joy. After seven days of silence, just walking around those walls quietly, not a peep. And on the seventh day, all that built up anticipation when that trumpet sounded, Hallelujah! And all of a sudden, those walls came tumbling down. Church, you got to put yourself in the shoes, the sandals of those people to imagine the thrill of their hearts to realize that God Almighty was with them. What does the Bible say in the book of Romans? If God be for us, tell me who can be against us. And God wants us to have that faith in these days. Why? Again, realizing, Lord, the greater the battle, the greater the victory. Our God is up for the challenge. Please say amen. So putting ourselves in those shoes, if you could imagine also David and Goliath, all the children of Israel were cowering in fear at this giant Goliath. They were trembling, but David, he took the battlefield and he realized, hey, who does this guy think that he is, this uncircumcised Philistine? He doesn't, def he doesn't belong here. He has defied not us, but the God of the armies of Israel. And he took on that giant. Can you imagine the joy, the thrill in the army of Israel when David took that slingshot? Little David, big giant, impossible. But yet we serve the God of the impossible. Hallelujah. How about Daniel in the lion's den? Daniel, he would not compromise his faith. And he knew the decree that if you don't compromise and bow down to the king and stop praying to your God, you're going to be thrown into the lion's den. And here he got thrown into that lion's den. And there's an old children's song that says, the lions weren't hungry last night. Can you imagine sleeping in a lion's den all night long? Why? Because our God is able. If God be for us, tell me who 
can be against us. If we are going to experience his deliverance and victory, we need to expect and not be dismayed at the greatness of the battle. Instead, we should look at it at, Lord, this is a great opportunity for victory and a great opportunity for us to stand in faith. In Deuteronomy chapter 31, verse 8, Moses gave some commands to Joshua. I want to try to turn there with my pages flying all over. Moses has led the children of Israel as far as he can. In Deuteronomy chapter 31, verse 8, the Lord told Joshua through Moses, he says, And the Lord, he it is that goes before you. He will be with you. He will not fail you nor forsake you. Fear not, neither be dismayed. Listen, church, that is God's word for you as well this morning here. God is the one who goes before us. Please say amen. God is the one who is with us. It sounds like something Jesus said shortly before he left this world. He says, go into all the world and preach this gospel. Surely I will be with you always, even to the very ends of the earth. And I want to tell you, from Jerusalem, we're practically at the ends of the earth. And Jesus is here with us this morning. In Joshua chapter 1, three times Joshua was told by the Lord to be strong in the Lord. Be of good courage. Be strong. Be very courageous. And a third time, have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid. The people of God have always faced the twin enemies of fear and discouragement. I want to tell you, what we are going through is not uncommon to man. All the frustrations, the irritations, all the, the worries, the anxieties about the unknown, the twin enemies that the people of God always face is fear and discouragement or dismay. What is it? Fear of the unknown, fear of danger, fear of the enemy, fear of people doing something to you. Or how about dismay, battle fatigue? When you're in the battle day in, day out, it never seems to end. You wake up the next morning, Monday morning, after a great day at church, and you're just right back in the battle. Battle fatigue tries to set into the people of God. That's why God told Joshua, do not be dismayed. If you've ever played that game, whack-a-mole. Who's ever played whack-a-mole? You're sitting there, and you're whacking those moles down, and up pops another one. And then sometimes we get fatigued in our walk with the Lord, because just as we conquer one problem through the Lord, another one pops up. And it's this endless, whacking them down, whacking them down. And God's word to us is, be strong, be of good courage, do not be afraid, neither be dismayed. What is God's solution? Is to be strong in the Lord, Ephesians 6.10, and the power of his might. Well, how do I be strong when I'm afraid? How do I be strong when I'm dismayed or discouragement? Let me tell you, church, by remembering that God is the one who is with you. God Almighty is the one who is going before you. If we spend our time fixated on the news, whatever going on, and we get angry or worried or in fear about, oh, all that's happening, our, our faith is going to diminish. It's going to dwindle. But if we keep our eyes on the promise of God to say, wait a second, Lord, you promised that you go before me. You cannot fail me. I'm going to reread Deuteronomy 31.8. 
He is the one. He's the one who goes before us. He will not fail you. He will not forsake you. You ought to repeat that every day in your heart to say, thank you, God. When I wake up tomorrow morning, I don't care what the news says. My God goes before me. My God cannot fail. He will not forsake me no matter what this world brings. In Joshua 23, 14, I'm preaching fast again. I got very mindful what's going on. Joshua's testimony to the people of God. He said this to them right before he left this world. He says, hey guys, not one thing has failed of all the good things which the Lord your God spoke concerning you. All has come to pass unto you. Not one thing has failed thereof. That's the second thing we ought to remind ourselves to say. Lord, not only are you with us, you go before me to prepare the way. You will not fail me or forsake me. All of God's promises are yes and amen. And just as Joshua testified... Why? Because he had a heart that was set after God. Joshua and Caleb, they had a different spirit. They had a heart of faith that when they went in to spy out the promised land, ten guys, they saw the problems. Two guys, they saw the possibilities of what God was able to do. And because they chose to walk in faith in Almighty God, Joshua's testimony was, hey, not one thing has failed of all of God's promises that he spoke concerning us. All, everybody say, all. Everything, oh, not one thing will fail. You see, our God is a God of the details. He pays attention to the smallest details of your life. In Matthew 10, 29 through 31, Jesus says, Are not two sparrows sold for a farthing? And yet not one bird falls to the ground without the knowledge of our Heavenly Father. When we see the magnitude of all the difficulties of what this world is going through, doesn't it blow your mind away that our God is not only God who's infinite in his majesty and power. They have not yet found the end of the universe, but yet our God is infinitely able to look to the smallest detail of all of creation where he says he's not only managing the affairs of this world, overseeing all that's going on, but even when a little birdie got hit on the way to church from one of your cars this morning, uh uh-oh, God knew all about that. And he says, hey, are you not much more valuable than they? He has numbered the hairs, and he's subtracting the hairs on our head as well. He's numbered them. I learned this from another preacher. He hasn't just counted the number of hairs on David's head. No, each individual hair is numbered. There's 5,321. Oh, there it goes, 742 when you washed your hair. Bye-bye, number 742. He's named all of the stars. Why am I bringing this up? Because as we say, Lord, I want to trust in you that you will deliver. I want to be strong and of good courage. I have to remind myself of who my God is at the smallest detail of my life is under his control. In Matthew 5, 18, Jesus said, till heaven and earth pass, not one jot or tittle of the law will fail until everything is fulfilled. One jot is the smallest Hebrew letter. The tittle is the very smallest mark of projection from a letter. It's like the dot on the top of an eye. God pays so much attention to the smallest of details. How do I be strong and courageous? Well, it seems like things are out of control. It seems like just things are going crazy. Uh Uh-uh. 
Not from my God's perspective. If he's paying attention to the little bird, if he is counting the number of hairs of my head, if he pays attention to his word to say that his word is forever settled in heaven, all of his promises are yes and amen. And when all of human history comes to a close, the redeemed and the people of God, they will shout in triumph to say, Lord, not one promise has failed. All has come to pass. Hallelujah! When I think about the other details, how about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? I want to go to small, some of the small details in the Bible that we may forget. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, God seemingly didn't deliver them. They're thrown into the fiery furnace. But God took the time to write in his word in Daniel 3:27 that not a hair on their head was singed. Not even their clothes had changed. There was no smell of the fire on them when they came out of the fire. Why did God write that to us? To encourage you church that from the very smallest of details God is overseeing when they came out of that fiery furnace that was so hot it burned up the guards when they threw them in the fire when they walked out the people smelled them hey you don't smell like campfire hey your hair's still looking good your clothes are looking good you don't even smell like smoke that is the greatness of our god how about the small details have you ever thought about when god fed the five thousand why did he even take the time to say that that little boy had five loaves of bread and two fish why not just say oh a little kid had a little bit of lunch why? Because God cares about the details again. And when they gathered up the fragments in John six twelve, Jesus said, Make sure that you gather up the fragments so that nothing be lost. Why did he say that? They gathered 12 baskets full. Every little fragment from that miracle was important to God. Listen, my friend, every small area of your life and my life is important to God Almighty. And so when you're reminded of God's command to Joshua, hey, be strong, be of good courage. You can be strong and of good courage knowing that, Lord, every detail of my life is in your hands. When Peter and John and James and the fishermen went fishing, in John 21, Jesus took the time to have John write that they caught 153 fish in that net. God is paying attention to every detail of your life. Therefore, be strong. Be of good courage. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Lift up your heads and look up into the sky because our redemption is drawing nigh. Inevitably, though, some people will say, well, what about the areas of my life that seem to be outside of his control? What about tragedy? Is that not an honest answer? Because this is not a life where everything goes our way. The Bible does not ignore the harsh realities of this life. Instead, it faces the harsh realities of this life through the message of the cross of Jesus Christ. Aren't you glad that our God doesn't say just, hey, get your act together, have faith, have a positive outlook in life, and everything's going to be okay. Our God is not that kind of a God. No, our God is a God who stepped into human history through his son, Jesus Christ, and he took the absolute worst that humanity had to offer. They nailed him 
him to that cross. Therefore, he is a merciful and a faithful high priest. He is touched with the feeling of your infirmities and weaknesses, tempted in every point yet without sin. Therefore, we can come to him boldly to that throne of grace and receive grace and mercy to help in the time of need. Jesus died on that cross. He was buried and he rose again. The Bible does not ignore the harsh realities of this world. The same apostle who wrote, for I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that shall be revealed, is the same guy who wrote, hey, I want you to know that I was pressed beyond measure, above strength. I was even despairing of life. Can anybody identify with that the past couple of months? Possibly. But yet he's the same apostle who said that, listen though, these sufferings are not worthy with what God has prepared. Eye hasn't seen, ear hasn't heard, neither has it entered into the heart of men the things that God has prepared for those who love him. Hallelujah! Faith does not deny reality. Rather, faith embraces the greater reality of God's unchanging character and His unfailing promises. He is the God of every detail of my life. When Satan tries to bring bad or evil, the same God who is the God of Joseph, we can say, hey, listen, what what Satan meant for bad or evil, God will turn it to good in Jesus' name. I'm going to tell a story about my son Christopher. I don't know where he is, but he doesn't like eating tomatoes very much. And my wife made a wonderful Italian dish. If you give him a tomato, he won't eat a tomato plain. But she made a lovely dish, and I'm like, son, you just got to try it. And then God dropped wisdom, thankfully, in my heart right away. And I said, son, do you like cookies? Yes, I like cookies, Dad. Do you like sweets? Yes, I like sweets. Well, how would you like to eat a mouthful of flour, a mouthful of a cream of tartar, baking soda, baking powder by itself? No, I wouldn't. None of us would, would we? And I said, listen, son, I know you don't like tomatoes, but when you take the ingredients of things that you don't like and you mix them together with other good ingredients and you put it in the oven, that fiery furnace of affliction, you know what? Out of that oven comes a wonderful Italian dish. And you know what? My son Christopher, he tried that dish and I think he actually liked it. I love you, son. Listen, what do we learn from that? Get to my pages here is listen, Isaiah 48.10, God says, again, he doesn't ignore the harsh realities of this life. Faith does not deny reality. It doesn't deny when you're having a hard day. It doesn't deny that you're going through a battle, but rather it embraces the greater reality of who God is, that he never fails. I may not understand what I'm going through right now, but I know that if I give it into the hands of Almighty God, Isaiah 48.10 says, behold, I have refused find you, but not with silver. I have chosen you in the furnace of affliction. I have chosen you in the furnace of affliction. That's why James could say, listen, count it all joy when you fall into various trials and temptations, knowing this, the testing of our faith is producing something in our life, and that something is patience in God Almighty. Something good is going to come out of the furnace of, of affliction. You and I can trust the Lord with every detail of our life. 
David and Goliath again. I want to summarize the message here. All the people of God, all they could see was Goliath the giant. He was mocking the people of God, saying, Give me a man that we can fight. Whoever wins the battle will be the leader. Whoever loses will be the servant. But David, this little shepherd boy, Instead of seeing the height of his stature, instead of seeing that he was a champion warrior, little bitty David said, I come to you in the name of the Lord God Almighty. You come with sword and spears, but I'm going to take off your head, giant. And David took that little slingshot and he took that giant down. When other people see darkness, the people of God ought to see, hey, the light of God is greater than darkness. Please say amen. We're living in dark times, not right now at 11, 10, 45 a.m., but listen, the darker it gets, you know what? The brighter the light is going to shine. We should not be intimidated by the darkness. We should not live in fear and allow those twin enemies of fear, dismay, and discouragement to overwhelm the people of God. And I want to tell you, because some of you here, we need to hear this, church. Some of you are thinking, but I've tried. It's so hard. Listen, the majority in the Old Testament in the wilderness were not believing God. It was Joshua and Caleb. Joshua and Caleb. And they're meant to inspire us to say, hey, God, I have had my eyes in the wrong place. Lord, I have allowed fear, discouragement, despondency, me, disgust to get in my heart. No more, Lord. Jesus All of your promises are yes and amen. I want to be like David, that when others see a giant, I want to see how big my God is. Listen, church, the people of God have always faced these enemies, the twin enemies of fear, discouragement, and dismay. God's solution remains the same. Be strong. Be of good courage. For the Lord has gone before you. He is preparing the way. He knows what is coming next week, next month, next year. He will not fail you. He will not forsake you. Let's keep our eyes on Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Let's all stand up in Jesus' name. Father God, we thank you so much that you are the great I am. We thank you so much that you are the God of the impossible. Lord, we ask that you would cause our hearts to soar with faith in you, not faith in self. Lord, when we are discouraged like Paul the Apostle, pressed above measure beyond strength, despairing of even life itself, Lord, help us to remember that he said this very thing, but I had the sentence of death in myself so that I should not trust in me, but in God who raises the dead. Hallelujah! And Lord God Almighty, we thank you that you are faithful and true. And Lord, even before we see the completion of your promises, we affirm like Joshua, Lord, not one promise is going to fail. Lord, every detail is in your life. Lord, we choose this day to serve the Lord Jesus Christ. We choose this day to keep our eyes on the finisher, the author of our faith. We choose to keep our eyes that you who began the good work in us, you are faithful. You are faithful, and you will finish the work that you begun. In Jesus' name, with every eye closed and heads bowed briefly, if you need Jesus, 
And you know in your heart that, oh God, I've been overwhelmed. Maybe you strayed away from God. Maybe you've allowed your eyes to be cast down for much too long. But this morning you say, Lord, enough is enough with this battle fatigue. Lord, I can cry and mope in my soup for the next 10 years should you tarry and give me breath. Lord, I want to have the faith of Joshua and Caleb. Lord, not so I'm somebody great, but Lord, to demonstrate the greatness and the faithfulness of Almighty God that when others look around and say there's no reason to hope, I say yes there is because Jesus rose from the dead. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Hallelujah. If you need encouragement or you need to return to Jesus, I encourage you to lift up your hands briefly and say, yes, that's me, Pastor. I need my eyes in the right place. Thank you, Jesus. I need my heart encouraged, my faith strengthened, and Almighty God, we're going to pray right now. Lord Jesus, you see the hearts of each and every one of us. Lord, thank you for Central Park Neighborhood Church. Thank you for these mighty warriors who are here this morning in this heat. Thank you for the people of God. And Lord, right now, we ask that you would stir our hearts, stir our faith. Help us to be strong in you this week. Lord, when dismay, disgust, or discouragement tries to keep in, help us to see that for the enemy it is and say, no, if I submit to God, I say, Satan, I rebuke you. Dismay, discouragement, get behind me in Jesus' name because God, he is the victor. This is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith faith. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Hallelujah.